Welcome back, everybody, to the Going Innocence podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at ImmaxSports. Instagram is at ImmaxSports. YouTube, TikTok, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 47. It is. Important 47 to remember. AK-47, Andre Kirilenko, Utah Jazz forward. That's a good one, but he did get posted by Baron Davis, so I can't pick him. <laughs> and I can't pick the Stulo legend, Mel Blunt. So I got to go with Tom Glavin, the left-handed pitcher who uh, dominated the big leagues in the 90s and the early 2000s. Uh, one of the best to ever do it. Part of that big uh, three in Atlanta. Exactly. He is my <laughs> favorite number 47 for sure. Right. Uh, a little different today. Uh, we are actually on Zoom. Because I had Taco Bell for lunch. Uh, That's understandable. <laughs> there is that. Uh, so we're online. So if there's a little bit of lag or audio mess up, it's our fault, our bad. Uh, Think of it like a radio show. Exactly. Uh, a little bit of a radio show type beat. But it's just me and Skyler today. Uh, but it should be a fun episode. And I say let's get right into the opener, shall we? Oh, yeah. We got baseball, basketball free agency, and even some camp news from football. Let's go. That's true. Maybe a little bit of high school slash college football Uh, news as well. I'll mix that in there. I'm sure a lot of people know what I'm talking about there. But first off, my opener is going to be the new A's contributing on Sunday in the Angels against their win or in their win. Uh, It's put up good runs in this game. They put up eight runs. We don't do that too often. Starling Marte uh, had three hits, three stolen bases. First time he's stole three bases in a game since 2018. Uh, Jan Gomes, his A's debut was awesome. I mean, he destroyed a home run in his second at-bat. Uh, he ended up having a home run and three RBIs in that game. And Josh Harrison, uh, while he only got one hit, did turn a couple of nice double plays to get out Shohei Otani, a man that runs very fast and could be one of the fastest men in all of baseball. Skylar, what was your favorite thing? Oh, my favorite thing was the NBA drafts. Uh, we kind of thought some big trades would happen that didn't, but overall it was pretty good, especially for our Warriors you know, didn't get that Bradley Beal trade done, but Jonathan Kuminga at seven, Moses Moody at 14. That's great value. Guys that can help. I like it. Yeah. So with that being said, let's get into where's your head at. And we're doing the show a little bit of a different style today. We're, where's your head at is going to be all baseball. And we're going to do it all in one succession rather than splitting it into two halves. We're going to do this whole thing. Then we're going to do what would have been halftime where we give that little new segment of all the other things that are happening. But after halftime, we're just going to go to our bets and get on out of here. But first off, we have to catch you up on every single trade that happened. If you don't want to hear every single trade that happened or you already do know that, skip to around 16 minutes in. That's when we get back to the main headlines. So we're going to go over every single one. Uh, This is MLB. Uh, they had an article where they just posted every single deal. We're not going to give our opinions right now. We're just going to say and state that they did happen. So first off, Giants acquire third baseman slash outfielder Chris Bryant from Cubs for outfielder Alexander Canario and right-handed pitcher Caleb Kalilian. Canario is the Giants' ninth prospect in their system. Kalilian is their 30th. And Chris Bryant is a beast. Yeah, that's true. Uh, That's not even opinionated either. That is 100% a fact. Yes. Next up, another blockbuster, Javi Baez and Trevor Williams going to the Mets in in exchange for Pete Kerr Armstrong, their first-round pick of the 2020 draft. Big deal there. Another big deal was the Blue Jays acquiring Jose Barrios from the Twins for Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson. So that's now two 2020 first-round draft picks that were traded in those last two trades with Austin Martin going away there. And those are two big guys. It's not like Kate Cavalli last year going to the Nats. This, these are top 10 picks. These are those dudes for sure. This, these are absolute beasts. Uh, next up, another big one between the south side and the north side. We had the White Sox acquiring Craig Kimbrell from the Cubs for second baseman Nick Madrigal and right-handed pitcher Cody Hewer. Hewer's been good in the bullpen uh, for the White Sox, except for he struggled a little bit this year, but he's got really good stuff. Nick Madrigal. I mean, he tore his hamstring or something like that. So he's out for the season, but obviously a high upside. Man gets on base. Exactly. Going to be a good leadoff hitter or two hitter for a long time. And play good defense as well. Next up, we have the biggest blockbuster. Dodgers acquire Max Scherzer and shortstop Trey Turner for catcher Kiebert Ruiz. Right in a picture, Josiah Gray, who just got activated, actually. Uh, I'm not sure when he's going to start. but He started last night. 
Really? Pretty good outing. Pretty, he gave up a homer. It was tough, but uh, four or five innings with two hits. Solid. Yeah. One of the best prospects in all of baseball. Uh, and then the other two guys that they got were uh, lower uh, value prospects in Gerardo Carrillo. And I definitely butchered that name. And Donovan Casey, uh, the outfielder. Next up, another decently big trade. Phillies get a pitching that they needed in Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy, as well as Hans Cruz and Cash from the Rangers for Spencer Howard and two other prospects. That's, Spencer that's Howard. bigger than people think. Right yeah, there. it's definitely a big trade on both sides. Uh, Gibson and Kennedy are going to help out the Phillies just as much as Spencer Howard helps out the Rangers in the future. Yeah. Uh, we like this trade. Talked about it a little bit. The A's acquire Jan Gomes and Josh Harrison and Cash for catcher Drew Milas, Seth Schumann, and Rich, Richard Gusach. Hmm. Uh, weird last name there. Drew Milas is the A's 29th prospect and one of the worst farm systems in all of the big leagues. So A's didn't really have to give up much. Uh, and the Nats are paying for both their contracts this year as well. Yankees acquire Andrew Heaney and cash for a couple of prospects. Nothing too big there. Braves acquire uh, Jorge Soler from Royals for right-handed pitcher. Not too big of a prospect going back either. Uh, I like this trade a little bit here. This is a little underrated. Cardinals acquired John Lester from the Nationals for outfielder Lane Thomas. I mean, Lester wasn't really anything for the Nationals. So giving him up and getting a guy uh, back like Lane Thomas, who has good MLB potential, is actually a pretty good trade for them. Oh, yeah. A guy who could be retiring at the end of this year, too. True. Uh, It's talking about John Lester, not Lane Thomas. Yes, yes, yes. Another Cardinals trade here. Uh, Cardinals acquired another left-handed old pitcher, J.A. Happ. Uh, from the Twins for John Gant and another prospect. Uh, John Gant was good at the beginning of the season, but he struggled with walks. He But he has good stuff. He just can't control the ball. Jay Happ, you know what you get in him. He's, <clears throat> he's going to give you a good start pretty much every single time out, but not overpower you at all. Braves acquire Richard Rodriguez from the Pirates for Bryce Wilson and another prospect. Bryce Wilson's decently big prospect for the Braves, but they get back uh, Richard Rodriguez, who's been one of the best closers in all of baseball this year. Another Braves trade where they get another outfielder. This time it's Adam Duvall, who's returning back to their team after being on their team the last two years. Uh, Marlins get Alex Jackson, the catcher, back in this trade. He's been fucking terrible in his MLB mm-hmm. career. So One of my boys, Kevin's friend, Adam Duvall. Yeah. Going back to ATL. Shout out Adam Duvall and Kev. Mm-hmm. All right. Red Sox acquire Hansel Robles from Twins for Alex Scherf. Nothing much there. Uh, Blue Jays acquire Joaquin Soria from the D-backs. Some much-needed uh, bullpen help for the Blue Jays. Braves acquire Eddie Rosario and Cash from the Indians for Pablo Sandoval. I believe Eddie Rosario, Eddie Rosario is still hurt. So, I mean, that might seem like a completely lopsided trade of how good Eddie Rosario is compared to Pablo Sandoval in their point in their careers. But, I mean, Rosario isn't even healthy at this point. Padres acquired Jake Marisnik from the Cubs for Anderson Espinosa. Anderson Espinosa was actually a really big prospect a few years ago, uh, but he just he got hurt multiple times and he hasn't pitched above high A yet in his career. So a guy that had a lot of potential before now goes to the Cubs. In Those for, are the trades I like. Yeah, uh, for an outfielder that is going to hit ninth for the Padres, maybe. Yeah. Phillies acquired Freddie Galvis in cash from the Orioles for Tyler Birch. Uh, Phillies get another utility at infielder and a guy that has been on their team in the past, Freddie Galvis. Giants acquire left-handed pitcher Tony Watson from the Angels for three prospects, one of them being Sam Selman, who has pitched in the bullpen for the Giants this year a little bit. hasn't been that good, but Tony Watson returning back to the Giants in this trade. Uh, good deal for them. Small trade here where the Brewers acquire right-handed pitcher John Curtis from the Marlins. Curtis has been pretty good this year. Uh, but not a deal that's going to be like setting headlines, obviously. Uh, Astros acquire Phil Maton as well as Yanir Diaz from the Indians for outfielder Miles Straw. Miles Straw is actually, he's already hit a home run for the Indians. He hasn't hit too many home runs. So he does not. It's all pick up there for both teams, I assume, because Maton has been solid in his uh, big league career so far. Rays acquire outfielder Jordan Luplau and Right-handed pitcher DJ Johnson in exchange for Peyton Battenfield. Some of these names are actually crazy to say, uh, but Battenfield's going to the Indians here. 
Uh, Rays get a couple, get a platoon option in Luplo, but I believe Luplo is still hurt. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but he'll eventually be up for them, obviously. Pirates acquire Michael Chavis from the Red Sox. Uh, Chavis hasn't done much in the big leagues this year, but he used to be a top 100 prospect. Uh, so a little screw it. Why not kind of trade for the Pirates right there? Mm-hmm. Uh, Brewers acquire Daniel Norris from the Tigers. Not much there. Uh, Phillies acquire some random dude I've never heard of for some other random dude I've never heard of, so there's not that. Rays acquire Sean Armstrong from the Orioles, uh, just a reliever pickup, but with the Rays, you probably know that they saw some spin rate or some weird arm slot with Sean, and so they pulled the trigger on him. Uh, Padres acquired Daniel Hudson from the Nationals for Mason Thompson and Jordan Barley. Mason Thompson was a nice prospect for the Padres, so a decent return for the Nats because the Padres do have that very good farm system. But Daniel Hudson going over, the guy who recorded the last out of the World Series for the Nationals a couple years ago. Red Sox acquire Kyle Schwarber from the Nationals for some random dude I've never heard of. Uh, good trade for the Na- for the Red Sox there. Uh, sorry, this is getting a little tedious, but we just got so many trades that happen, and we're we're it was a big week. Exactly, we're we're well over halfway done in this as well. Yankees acquire <laughs> Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs for Alexander Vizcaino and Kevin Alcantara. Rizzo's already been a beast for the Yankees so far, so. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's going to be a good trade for the Yanks there. Dodgers acquire Danny Duffy and cash considerations for a PTBNL. Uh, Danny Duffy has been amazing this year, but he's been hurt. So we'll see how that pans yeah, out. For I think them. this was a move when they thought they weren't getting Scherzer. They're like, well, we got to get somebody. Yeah. Exactly. This is this is the day before that Scherzer trade happened. Uh, Mariners acquired Diego Castillo from the race for JT Chargua and a prospect – Castillo and Chargua have been really good for their, their teams this year. Uh, but Diego Castillo has already had a blown save for the Mariners. So we'll see how that goes. We'll talk about who he blown, blew that save against here in a little bit as well. Uh, White Sox acquire right-handed pitcher Ryan Tepera from the Cubs for prospect. Tepera has been good. Another reliever exchange between the south side and the north side. Yankees acquire Joey Gallo and Joey Jolie Rodriguez for uh, just a, a ton of prospects, but don't really have too much upside. Uh, I think it's definitely a W for the Yankees here because Joey Gallo is just a very good player in general. Blue Jays acquire Brad Hand from the Nationals. Brad Hand sucks, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I know we said no opinion base, but I think that's a bad trade for the Blue Jays. He's already given up a few runs for them as well. White Sox acquire Cesar Hernandez, a switch hitting second baseman that played for the Indians this year, uh, adding power to the lineup a little bit because he has 18 home runs this season. Brewers acquire Eduardo Escobar, another guy who has good pop, going to play decent uh, defense for you. They've been sticking him at first because I know the Brewers have had a big problem this year uh, with uh, first base offensive production. This is the one next trade, big trade in me and Skyler's hearts. This is the A's acquiring Starling Marte for left-handed pitcher Jesus Lazardo. Marte's already been a beast for us. I mean, we haven't had speed in our lineup like Marte is since Coco Crisp. And so getting a guy like that is definitely huge for the A's. And the Marlins, I mean, if I'm a Marlins fan, I'd love this trade because we knew uh, as a Marlins fan that, that we wouldn't be resigning uh, Starling Marte. So you get a guy like Jesus Lazardo who has sucked this year. But he has the upside is through the roof. I mean, he was the 14th, 13th prospect in the bigs a few years ago. Now I will be tossing my Lizardo jersey. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Astros acquire Yimmy Garcia from the Marlins. Uh, Garcia has been good, uh, but just the middle of the line bullpen arm for, for the Astros there. Reds acquire Michael Givens from the Rockies. Uh, Reds needs bullpen if they want to have a chance in this. We'll talk about more about the Reds in the future as well. Mariners acquired Tyler Anderson from the Pirates. Just another start, just a starter move for the Mariners uh, for a team that needs starting pitching. Uh, Astros acquired Kendall Graveman. I think we talked about that last week, though. We did. So that's where we're going to end off. All right. That trade was crazy. Sorry about the 50 trades that we had to announce. but I Oh, mean, yeah. And if you skip through awesome. and now you're here, here's when the fun stuff starts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean – it was fun when uh, all those trades are going down 
and uh oh yeah really for sure see all that stuff happen you're like what max scherzer and trey turner are actually going to a place not just uh like in their separate ways but they're going together to a team that just won the world series it's like katie going to the warriors kind of crazy mm-hmm. all right let's talk about the races that we have now and the rest of the season <laughs> the races are a c e s i almost said c okay. there uh but the al wild card race yes. uh is very interesting there's a lot of teams in it right now as of right now there's i think four teams within three games of the A or no five games within the A's uh, A's hold that second spot right now. Right behind them is the Yankees three games back Mariners right there too, Toronto right there too. And Cleveland, not super far back. Skyler who's taking this once we get to October. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of teams close here, but I think once we get, down to it. It's going to be down to the A's and the Yankees. Uh, I like both teams moves at the deadline. They were great, but I think it's going to come down to the rotations. The A's rotation was great this year. The Yankees not, you know, below average, but they got Kluber, King, Jermon, and oh, that's it. All hurt. Um, Mm. That's, that's not good. That's not ideal. You know, you can hit a lot of homers, but if you give up eight runs a game, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Jamison Tyon's actually been really good for mm-hmm. the Yankees recently. I think he won Pitcher of the Month. Uh, does another thing that we'll talk about in the future. Yeah. But when I think it comes down to it, I don't think the Yankees are going to be in the race. I think they're going to just find a way to choke and find a way to be the lol Yankees that we've been waiting for and the, how they have been this whole season. Uh, whether that's somebody getting hurt, I um, I hope it's not that because I don't like injuries. But if it's Gallo going 0 for 80 or something like that, or, I mean, Stanton just sucking over and over again and all those guys, I'm completely down for it. So my take is I think the A's are going to get it. I think the team that's going to be right behind them and not get a spot is going to be the Toronto Blue Jays because I like their moves that they made at the deadline besides Brad Hand. Getting Barrios, I mean, they gave up quite a bit, but, I mean, Barrios is a pretty damn good starter, and he pitched pretty damn well in his first start with the Blue Jays, and their lineup's going to score runs no matter what. He did. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. You know, they made moves to win now. Exactly. And uh, I mean, they're not playing in Buffalo anymore. They're not playing in Dunedin. (laughs) They're playing in Toronto. And when those dudes are getting me in front of that crowd, they're not going to lose too often because that crowd's going to be fiery as ever. Because they, I mean, they played, they were gone out of Toronto for 670 days, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Pretty much two years. All right. Socks. And the Rays, the Red Sox, this is, both made moves at the deadline. Rays got Nelson Cruz and Jordan Luplow and all those dudes. Uh, obviously, we talked about Nelson Cruz last week. The Sox got Kyle Schwarber, who's still hurt, but will be coming back soon. They also got Hansel Robles, uh, who's taking home the AL East title right now. The Tampa Bay is up by a game, I think. Maybe a mm-hmm. game and a half? Yeah. I'm going to go with... The Red Sox here, uh, Kyle Schwarber and Chris Sale are supposed to be coming back pretty soon now. And that's great. You know, that's a lineup with a bunch of veterans and not even the veterans, you know, the Devers and Bogarts and Vudugos of the world are slashing their hearts out. Um, so I think this is going to be a little blowout at the end of the season here for Boston, just because Tampa Bay, you know, they're going to be without their ace too. really young lineup. I think that's Red true. Sox is a safe pick here. It definitely is a safe pick. And this was something like I was looking at the show that when we were writing it last night, I was thinking this is a really good question because there isn't like an obvious answer here. I mean, you can choose the race who were in the world series last year. They have a great team. Obviously they got Nelson Cruz, Wander Franco now is obviously up on the team. Uh, And they're going to be a team that doesn't really have like that 10 game losing streak or something that really fucks them up because they're not a team that does that. They play by the analytics they might not go on crazy win streaks, but they're not going to go on some crazy losing streak either. Uh, and then there's the Red Sox, who are getting guys back. They score a shit ton of runs. And so I, I didn't really have an answer for this at first, and I mm. still don't really have an answer for it. But if I had to pick a team, I'd go with the safe pick as well with the Red Sox, even though they're a game behind. And I know the Rays just swept the, the Red Sox in Tampa, but... I got to go with the Red Sox here. 
Yeah, it'll be a completely new team when the Red Sox get their guys back. Exactly. Especially getting a guy like, I mean, we don't know what sales going to look like when he comes back. Mm-hmm. I know he's been amazing in his, his rehab starts. But if they get anything close to 2018 Chris Sale, it is, it's a wrap. Because not only do they get a a plus arm, they get like what was pretty much the top arm in the league at, at a time. All right. We talked about contenders. So let's go to the other side because that was happening in the game over the week. Cubs and the Nats, they played each other over the weekend, which I thought was kind of funny because the Cubs had 19 players on their active roster for one game and the Nats had 21. But who got back to better haul, man? Who got the better prospects? The Cubs or the Nats? Which one? I think overall, it's going to be the Cubs. Um, I like Pete Crow Armstrong. He's going to be starting in center field in a couple of years. Uh, Alcantara, Alcantara, whatever, they, who they got from the Yankees, uh, is 19 years old, and he's better than Jason Dominguez right now. And obviously, not. Uh, I, I'm not saying potential-wise. I just mean statistically is better than Jason Dominguez in high A right now. And uh, this guy, another pitcher from the Yankees, is great. But I think the deciding factor here is that Josiah Gray could be an ace for the Nationals. And that if you have an ace on your team from a, a fire sale trade, that's going to trump everything else that happened. That's true. I do think that the Nats got the two best players mm. in this, in uh, Kieber and uh, Josiah Gray, because obviously those two dudes were the highest prospects. And so... Yeah. I mean, they're the obvious choices for uh, the best two players in this. But, I mean, I got to I gotta say the Cubs. I like Madrigal. I like Hewer. I like Pete Armstrong. I like Vizcaino. I like Anderson Espinosa, who they got back in yeah. a trade. Uh, so I got to say the Cubs because I think they're going to get the most big league help throughout the roster uh on from from the the guys that they got back and obviously this is one we got to go back and look at in a couple years exactly Uh, we'll see what's going on in (laughs) going the distance episode 250 what's actually (laughs) going on in this trade and see who actually won it yeah next up i mean we're (laughs) talking about the cubs let's talk about a former cub javier baez going to the mets he's already hit a home run for them Hit it in his first game. He had a curtain call. It is going to be crazy when Lindor is back for them. Because, I mean, do you play Baez at third? Do you play him at second? I know he said that he's willing to move for Francisco mm-hmm. Lindor. And he's the only guy that he'd be willing to move for because he wants to play with his childhood friend. But does this Baez acquisition secure the NL East title for the New York Mets? First of all, I think he's going to play second. I don't think he can move J.D. Davis. And Jeff McNeil uh, can play anywhere, pretty much. So you can move him around wherever. I don't want to see Baez in left center field when uh, you know someone less valuable can do it. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, coming down to it, I'm going to say no. Just because right now, um, it's not really an upgrade. You're just filling in for an injured Lindor. When they come back, sure. But you still need DeGrom and David Peterson. Uh, and the thing about Philly is I really love the Gibson and Kennedy pickups. Uh, you know, two guys who are instantly better than Spencer Howard. I, they may have given up too much. I think Spencer Howard's going to be great. But for this season, having two vets like that on the rotation is going to be great. So I don't think you can you can call it yet. Yeah, I'm not. I'm on that side as well. You can't quite call it, but I don't think it's going to be because of the Phillies. I think. I think the Braves did a really good job at the end of the deadline. I mean, they obviously would be in a much better position if they had a top five player in the MLB like Ronald Acuna on their team. Uh, But instead, obviously, he's hurt with the torn ACL. But you get Soler, you get uh, Duvall, and you're going to get Eddie Rosario. You got Richard Rodriguez. You brought a whole bunch of guys in, and you didn't really give up too much. Obviously, they got Jock a while back as well. So I think the Mets are going to win the division, but this doesn't secure it for them. I just think yeah. that they will eventually come out with it. And the Braves will be that second team there with the Phillies falling in behind them. I do like and the Braves. I just have this vision of like a Phillies money ball team, you know, somehow getting into, I know Bryce money Harper kind of kills that idea and Austin Nola got paid or Aaron Nola got paid, but it's the, the type of guys that bring it in yeah. right now for, for their run. I feel it. 
I feel it. I mean, I'm not going to call it Bryce, uh, money ball though, just because Bryce Harper Philly ball was Philly ball, Philly there. ball. There we go. All right. Let's talk about the Dodgers and the giants. Mm. <laughs> Both made huge moves at the deadline. Chris Bryant, one of the giants is absolutely massive for them. Cause they, they had great players on their team, but they didn't have that one star player who was like, Oh, the dude's in their lineup. Yeah. We got to watch out. And they got that with Chris Bryant. I mean, that's no disrespect to Brandon Crawford or Buster Posey or any of the dudes that have been absolutely amazing for them. But I mean, still going into a game, if I look at their lineup, I'm pointing out Chris Bryant. I'm saying that dude is yeah. in their lineup, and especially versus lefties. He's going to kill lefties, but a big move for them. And then the Dodgers, I mean, they made the craziest move of all time. I mean, we didn't think Scherzer and Turner were going to go to the same place, but having that same place be, in LA, the city of champions, it's just, it's crazy. The Giants are up three and a half games right now in the division, but who's going to take it home? Who's taking home the division? I think the Giants made a mistake with this trade. I think Chris Bryant was the right decision, but they should have traded Joey Bart and they should have gotten Kimbrell plus whatever else they could have gotten. That They drafted Patrick Bailey, another catcher, right after Joey Bart for this reason, you know, and, uh, I just want to get that out. It doesn't really apply to this situation that you you asked me, but uh, I just want to get it out there. All right, now back to the to the headline. Uh, I think the Giants are just going to run out of luck eventually here. I know we've been saying it all season, but mm-hmm. it's this timely it hitting. It seems is, inevitable. It seems it's, inevitable. It's just, you know, Lamont Wade, a guy that was getting paid the league minimum before the season, is now a leadoff hitter. You know, hitting three twenty or whatever. I mean. Fuck, man. It's got to end at some point. It's got to. And that's why I have the Dodgers win the division because even if the Dodgers run out of luck, they have another guy getting paid $20 million right behind them to step in True. and get the job done. And Corey uh, Seager just came back for them too. Yeah. Uh, I don't – I think these teams have like seven to – probably seven or eight games uh, between each other in yeah. the last two months of the season – so obviously those games are going to be huge, but three and a half games right now seems like seems like a lot. I mean, honestly, it seems like a lot, and I have to go with the Giants. I mean, they have been oh amazing throughout this whole year. Chris Bryant's good. Uh, I mean, if you just watch a, a Giants game, that park is rocking. AT and T or Oracle, whatever you want to call it, is is bumping right now. Those fans are happy, and they're not just happy because they have a good team. They have the best team in baseball when they expected to be 500. It's not just a, a possible wild card spot. This is the number one spot in all of the MLB, and they're competing for it. And they're not only just like doing it by beating bad teams; they suck against bad teams. Honestly, they they lose more games against bad teams than they do against good teams. They honestly destroyed the Dodgers this year. They've played the Padres pretty damn well. So I got to go with the Giants. And the reason why we're leaving the Padres out of this argument mm. is because Tatis hurt. Yeah. We'll talk about the Padres a little bit more here in the future. I don't know if it's the next thing that we talk about or the thing after that. It is. But, I mean, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy what's going on over, on over there in San Francisco. And I've, I have no disrespect towards the Giants. You know, whoever mm. they play wild card first round, they're going to give them a run for their money. Uh, I just think it's it's really hard to pick against the Dodgers right now. Yeah, you know, over uh, almost four hundred million on the payroll. It's crazy. Yeah, okay, it's, sorry. Go ahead. Their roster just is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's undeniable. All right, now we'll talk about the Padres. It was the next thing on the board. Tatis has his shoulder injury, which is a very weird spot because he had this injury earlier in the season where he like dislocated it. He had that same injury that happened to him, but here. He, uh, last time he did on, on a swing where he like overextended and he has these long swings and his shoulder popped out here. He did on a slide that didn't even look like it happened. Uh, and now it's a very big deal. He goes on the 10 day IL. Uh, and if there is no improvement within those 10 days, they're thinking about giving him sold shoulder surgery and mm. shutting him down for the season, which would be terrible. Cause he, I mean, he's the current NL MVP. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, But with that being said, if that does happen, there's a team that's not too far back in the rearview mirror, and that is the Cincinnati Reds, a team that I have been 
rooting for quite a bit this year. I mean, I like Jesse Winker. I like Castellanos. I like Joey Votto. I like the energy that that team has. And they're not too far behind the Padres currently sitting four games back. I mean, it looks like a lot low key, but I mean, it's not, it's honestly not. And the Padres have some tough games coming up. I mean, can the Cincinnati Reds legitimately take the second wild card spot? All right. My take on I mean, the Padres. Yeah, I know one, one thing before I say, you, you've been big on the Padres in the second half. Yeah. Even though it's only been a few weeks, this was your team to pop off in the second yeah. half. Obviously, we didn't know that he's mm-hmm. just going to get hurt, though. Okay, that I no longer believe. But I haven't given up hope yet. The thing about this team, my take is that they're one more mistake from disaster. The Adam Who, Frazier trade helped them. The, okay. oh, the Padres. The okay. Padres. But they are one more injury, mistake, slump away from complete disaster. I think it's just Cincinnati's raking right now. Everybody in the lineup. The outfielders, like you said, they started in the All-Star game. You know, Jonathan mm-hmm. India is doing his thing. Votto had one of the craziest months we've seen. But this Padres team is just deep enough to get through the second half of the season. One more mistake, though. We're having a different conversation. Yeah, I mean the Padres team. If if there is one word to describe this season, it'd be mediocre. Because I mean, you had Tatis and you had his greatness, but you ha- also have him getting hurt. You have yeah. Machado and his greatness sometimes, but he's hitting two sixty. Yeah. You have I mean now you have Adam Frazier who's good, but he he ain't hitting the ball to the ballpark twenty times in a season. He's doing it ten times if that. You had you got you Darvish and you got Blake Snell and you think those are t- just such great accusations. Well, you Darvish had an eight year ray in July. He sucked yeah. in July. There's no way around it. Blake Snell, I mean, we saw him. I mean, he's pitched against the A's again tonight, but we saw him a week ago and he was terrible. He didn't have ace stuff. He didn't have what we thought Blake Snell was going to be. He didn't even have the stuff that Blake Snell had in October yeah. uh, of last season. So there's whole that whole situation. Then also lament. I mean, we we came into the season thinking this dude was gonna have a chance at Cy Young because how good he was last year, and he's pitched like three times. He's been hurt, and I think he's made three starts this whole season. Uh, you have a great farm system, obviously, and that's something that I mean will be used eventually. C.J. Abrams, I don't think they call him up this year. There's certain guys that I think they just gotta wait on for mm-hmm. next year. But they, this team needs an insert of life into them and. Without Tatis, I just yeah. don't see him getting it. Right now, their life is that Cincinnati has had a very similar season to them. Mm-hmm. That's their life. But the thing about Cincinnati is they're starting to turn around. I mean, Luis they Castillo are. had a two-year ray in uh, in July. Sonny Gray, while hurt right now, is going to uh, – you know, he's not hurt, but he hasn't been yeah. pitching great right now, uh, can turn it on at any minute. And, I mean, so can you Darvish and Blake Snell – I have more faith in Sonny Gray because personally I fucking love Sonny Gray. So I do too. that. I do too. Uh, and the Padres made some moves at the trade deadline, but so did Cincinnati and getting some bullpen guys that could help the roster like Michael Gibbons. And man, this is a very tough decision because it's going to go down to the wire. It's going to be a lot closer than what people think. And at the end of the day, with how the Padres are going right now and how their season outlook is looking for the next two months of the season, and where the Reds' season outlook is looking for the next two months of the season, I'm picking the Reds. All I'm right. picking them to get there. And maybe it might be game 163 that happens. I don't. I'm actually. I don't think game 163 has happened for the wild card spot. But I mean, I'm feeling passionate today, and I'm feeling mm. the Reds on this one. To All get right. Take a wild card spot and. Sucks because I like rooting for the Padres. I think they're a fun team to watch, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs if this Tatis injury is as bad as what we think it is. All right. It is August 3rd, so that means that the month of July just ended. So we're going to have our monthly awards followed by our smaller weekly awards. Mm -hmm. First off, Skyler. Yeah. Who's your AL Player of the Month? My AL Player of the Month. It's going to be Shohei Otani. Kyle, go ahead, man. I know you got him too, so give him the stats. Oh, I didn't have the stats up. I was hoping that you did. But uh, (laughs) there was a post that MLB made about it. Shohei is also my 
uh, July Player of the Month. And MLB put a post on their Instagram today. If it will load for me, I will get you those mm. stats. All right. Uh, and where is it? Um, come on. I saw it literally yesterday or like today. Was it on BR Walkoff? Let me check. Give me a second. This is here, awkward. So pardon the interruption. Uh, pardon my take. But he had like uh, 11 home runs or something like that. He would had a great year, Ray. He was striking guys out like it's nobody's business. Uh, he, I mean, he's doing both things at an all-star level. So, yeah, he he's the player of the month for a reason. I think that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't really need to give too much of a reasoning for how good this dude is. Yeah. And Shohei ended up – he did win uh, player of the month, by the way, for the okay. AL. Uh, I'll give what the MLB actually had for these awards as well as mm-hmm. we, we go along. So yeah. now, NL player of the month. My NL player of the month is going to be Juan Soto. He had 356, nine homers, 11 RBIs. 24 walks compared to 15 Ks, and he was first in OPS in the MLB this month. Yeah, and if you just look at his stats after the All-Star break, the majority of those stats are going to be from then because he was going off after going going into the Home Run Derby. And there's mm-hmm. been a few guys that have actually done really, really well uh, after the Home Run Derby. Uh, it's not something that we usually see or think no. of because we think of the decline that's going to happen after changing your swing. But I guess it's helping these guys – but my NL player of the month is going to be Joey Votto. He went on a run that I could not ignore. Seven straight games with a home run. Should have been eight if it was the daytime in New York. He hit one off the, the orange lining going around the field uh, right where the fence is. And he it just it just went off of it, man. Yeah. So if he, he was a very close second for me. Exactly. So Votto did end up winning the player of the month award. I'm trying to show it on the screen, even though you guys don't have any visual, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bado wins player of the month in the NL. Now, AL pitcher of the month, Skyler. Uh, okay. I have Lance Lynn, and I did the same thing with this award as I did for Otani. So hopefully you have the stats. I do have Let's the go. stats, actually. Because <laughs> uh, I heard you Lance say it, Lynn, and I was like, oh, I don't need the stats. All right. Lance Lynn is my player or pit. Pitcher of the month in the AL. Yes. He had an ERA just over two. He's on my fantasy team, so I love to hear this. 32 innings pitched, 37 Ks, and a 3-0 record and five starts. But in real life, he did not actually win AL Pitcher of the Month. It was Jamison Tyon, who we talked yeah. about earlier in the show a little bit and how good he's been in the month of July. Yeah, but uh, that Lance Lynn start on Sunday Night Baseball against the Brewers, that's a great game. I did not watch that. Oh. I, was on, I was on a flight. So mm. that's rough. NL pitcher of the month. NL pitcher of the month. I got to go with Walker Bueller. He won it in real life. Spoiler alert. Uh, he was 3 0 with a 167 ERA, 38 Ks. That was first. First in the MLB for the month. Yeah, I am also going with Walker Bueller because he was absolutely dominant in this month. And as Skyler said, he was. The NL Pitcher of the Month in real life as yeah. well. Now, AL Rookie of the Month. These AL are the fun Rookie ones. of the Month. It is fun. I have co-winners for the AL. Mm. Uh, start off with Eric Haas, catcher from the Tigers. He was 265 with nine homers, 29 RBIs. He's just hitting the crap out of the ball. A lot of strikeouts, but that doesn't matter if you got 29 RBIs in the month. And uh, his co-winner with him is going to be Logan Gilbert, the pitcher for the Mariners. Uh, 376 ERA, 3-0. and 34 Ks, which led rookies, uh, would have been way better stats. He had one really bad start against Oakland where he was pulled in the third after giving up five, I believe. So I, I know I'm not ignoring that game. Obviously, it still counts, but uh, just mm-hmm. overall a great month. Yeah, I'm going with Eric Haas. It ain't no co-player of the month for <laughs> me. It's rookie, AL rookie of the month, and that's Eric Haas for sure. Nine home runs and 29 RBIs. In a month, that's absolutely insert, mm-hmm. absurd, not insert. Uh, it is absurd, abs- though. <laughs> it's whatever it is. Uh, but he is my rookie of the month, and he was the MLB AL rookie of the month as well. Now, Maybe on the I, it's a curse. I got to shout out my pitchers. <laughs> that's true. You know. I feel that. 
NL Rookie of the Month, Skyler. Yeah, all right. My NL Rookie of the Month is going to be Jonathan India from the Reds. He had 319, four homers, 12 RBIs. Not a flashy month, but a key piece in that Reds team that we talked about is on the rise, looking to take down San Diego. Yeah, Jonathan India is another great piece of that Cincinnati Reds team, but I'm not going with him. I'm going with the, obviously, rookie uh, from New York, starting pitcher Tyler McGill. Uh, when you think of the Mets rotation, you think of two main guys, even Jimmy though one McGill. hasn't played this year. You think of Jacob deGrom, and you think of Noah Syndergaard. There's also these guys like Marcus Stroman and Taiwan Walker, Rich Hill now, I guess, as well. But Tyler McGill was amazing. He was the best out of all of them in the month of July. Obviously, DeGrom was hurt for a good amount. But Tyler McGill, 26 innings pitched, 27 Ks, a 1-0-4 ERA. He was absolutely amazing for the Mets this month. And he is my rookie of the month. But Jonathan India did end up winning it in real life. So there's that. We don't do this award, uh, but relievers of the month were Rafael Iglesias of the Angels and Jake McGee of the Giants, who didn't give up a single run in the whole month. All right. All right. Now on to weekly awards. Skyler, who's your player of the month? My player of the month. Week. Player of the week. Week. It's going to go to Joey Votto. It was at the end of his tear. Uh, so I probably should have given it to him last week if I didn't, I don't remember, but he's still at three fifty three. It, it was a bad, bad week for us because we had it where it was like four and four of the yeah, days. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But anyways, four homers, six RBIs, uh, and we got the end of his home run streak. That's Good week. True. I am unfortunately not going with Votto. I'm going with Yuli Gurriel who hit five twenty six over the week, 10 hits and 19 at bats, two home runs, Seven RBIs. God, I fucking hate him, but he yeah. is extremely good at hitting the ball. Yes. For hits. Pitcher of the, of the week. Pitcher of the week. It's going to be the Miami Marlin, Sandy Alcantara, 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 however you want to say it. Uh, seven innings, no runs, two hits, 10 Ks in a start last week. Yeah, I'm going with Sandy Alcantara as well. He was amazing. Seven innings. 10 Ks, two hits. The scout said no runs, but this was also against the new look Yankees. We mm-hmm. can't forget about that. Uh, I mean, he dominated. And since I felt very obligated to give him this award because he didn't get the win in that game. Yeah. And pitchers deserve recognition. And so I got to give it to him. That's where Next your up, curse comes in for being a pitcher. It's true. Next up, Rookie of the Week. I think we know who this one is. Yeah, it's going to be Jonah Heim, the Rangers catcher. He had 313, four homer, six RBIs, and I believe there was a walk-off Grand Slam in there? There was not a walk-off Grand Slam. But he had four home runs in that that week. That's what hitting catcher did. He had back-to-back days with walk-off home runs, though, against the Mariners. Yeah, four homer, six RBIs. That that He couldn't have had a Grand Slam. My bad. The math is off. Yeah, uh, yes, but he, he was absolutely amazing for the Rangers. Uh, Rangers got him in the Elvis Andrews trade. I think that trade is going to come back to haunt us because I really do like Jonah Heim. But maybe if Jan Gomes helps us get a ring, it won't haunt us. <laughs> yeah. All right. Half-time. You want to just uh, just go through this right now? I mean, it seems like it's fine right now. I mean, usually. Right. So when, when we do this on Zoom, usually there's like a time limit of 30 minutes, but I think we're past 30 minutes. I mean, it's been quite a while we'll see yeah. what happens here though uh right. so we're gonna go to halftime that's true but <laughs> halftime is more like the recap kind of i mean i don't really know yeah, what to yeah. call it because it's not halftime it's it's damn near the end of the show but we're gonna do this do our bets and then go send home. you goodbye and do other things i don't know yeah. uh leg day <laughs> leg day that's that is tonight uh help me uh okay <laughs> Skyler, get us started on halftime. All right. So I'm going to start off halftime with the Carson Wentz injury. We found out it was an injury he had from high school that was re-aggravated in his foot. Uh, He's going to miss five to 12 weeks. We don't really know what that means. That just means he's going to miss the start of the season, you know, at least. And uh, this is big. You know, this is a team we talked about last week. Go ahead, Kyle. Uh, Another thing, another injury. I don't know if you're going to bring this up, but the Quentin Nelson injury. I didn't see that. 
he has the exact same thing as Carson Wentz. Oh boy. And so he's going to be out for a while with that foot foot surgery. I I, I don't think it's the exact same thing, but it's along the same lines that he's uh. going to be out for a similar time frame. And uh, the best offensive lineman in the NFL. Yeah, that's that's it. tough for a Colts team with a, a pretty open division now with Deshaun Watson being questionable. Mm-hmm. That's big. Yeah. All right. Uh, another injury that happened. Devontae Smith, the first round receiver, Heisman winner, uh, sprained his MCL. He's going to be out likely until week one, questionable for week one, which is, you know, the reason we're talking about this is because anytime you have an MCL injury, it's not good, but they found out yesterday just a sprain might be back at the start of the season. So good for you, Eagles fans. All right. That's true. Devontae Smith is a dude I'm a huge fan of. I mm. mean, I was saying no matter where he gets drafted, I'm going to get a jersey because I was big on the Devonta, he- uh, Devonta Heisman train. I was tweeting things out weekly, but he went to the Eagles. I mean, who likes the Eagles? I don't like Philadelphia EDP. in total. I mean, EDP is a terrible human being. That's true. So we're not going to get onto that page. But, I mean, I don't like Philadelphia in general. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going going to get a Devonta Smith jersey unless he changes teams. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, next up in the news, Quinn Ewers, the top high school QB prospect in the 2022 class, uh, wasn't going to get paid because of either like some school district rules or whatever – Something was going on there, and so he forewent his senior season at his high school and has decided, I'm ready for college ball. I'm going to the Big Ten, and Ohio State is where he's going to be at uh, starting, I mean, probably in a few weeks. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Is he going to start, Skeller? What's going on with that, man? I don't think he's going to start. I think the reason he left is because he had, you know, people knocking on his door saying, Hey dude, we have $10 million from you, but he's not in California right now. California is the only state where high school players can sign those kind of contracts. Mm-hmm. I think also maybe he wants to get a head start, maybe pull a Manziel and leave for high school after his Richard sophomore year mm-hmm. or sorry, leave for the, for the pros. Yeah. It could be something. That'd be kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, Either way, he now jumps up a class pretty much mm. and uh, is going to be eligible in three years rather than four Yeah, for the draft. Uh, NBA draft winners and losers, Skeller, what do you got for me? Oh, yeah. Uh, so the NBA draft is big. Uh, I was watching it, the whole thing. You know, call me crazy. But it's fun to see the new players go to their new teams. Obviously, Kate Cunningham, number one. That's a big one for Detroit. They didn't mess it up this time. Congratulations, guys. Uh, and then two and three, pretty consensus. Josh Green, two to Houston, Evan Mobley, the big man, three to the Cavs. Uh, some other winners I wanted to shout out. The Orlando Magic, they had two picks in the top ten. They got Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner, who is supposed to be better than his brother, who's on the Wizards because he plays defense. Pretty good defense. Uh, loser I have for you guys is the Indiana Pacers. I like Chris Duarte, but they're just not in a position uh, to bring in a guy like that who's 24 years old already. Um, it's tough, guys. What about uh, the Raptors? The Raptors. I do like Scotty Barnes. I think it's a weird four, fit. Though? It's a weird fit. But I think if you're trading Pascal Siakam, I'm not upset with it. Yeah, it's not a winner or a loser, at least, I think. Uh, another winner for me. It's going to be the Brooklyn Nets getting Cam Thomas, uh, the number one scorer in college basketball last year. They also got De'Aaron Sharp in the second round. Uh, big man. Good for them. And one more loser. San Antonio Spurs. Primo. Oh, Josh Primo, the guard from Alabama. It seems like there's an undersized guard from Alabama getting drafted too early every year now. Uh, but this one was weird to me. A lot of wing guys on the board still. And Popovich loves his wigs. I know he's not, you know, the only guy in the, the war room, but still, you would think maybe he's on his way out. Yeah. We'll see. Personally, right. I like what the Warriors did. The rest of the teams, I mean, I don't really care. I like Kaminga. I like Moses Moody. They should be studs, uh, especially Moses Moody at 14. I think it's kind of crazy. Yeah. But now, I mean, it's NBA free agency season. Uh, it's similar to what we had for the trade deadline. I'm going to go through some of the signings, uh, real short and sweet for you guys, but hopefully it doesn't take too long. Uh, 
Lonzo Ball, four years, $85 million, going to the Bulls on his sign-in trade with uh, the Pelicans. Alec Burks returned to the Knicks. Known so well, did the same thing. Jared Allen, big man for the Cavs, got big payday. Five years, $100 million to stay with the Cavs. Kelly Olenek signs a deal to go to the Pistons. Mike Conley and the Jazz agree on some terms for a three-year contract to keep him there. Uh, Tim Hardaway signed a four-year deal with the Mavs, $74 million. I think that's kind of crazy. Pretty big. Connell stays with the Pacers. Duncan Robinson got five years, $90 million from the Heat to stay there. Heat were just for, dishing out cash today. That's true. Uh, Torrey Craig signed a deal with the Pacers. Chris Paul signed a huge deal, four years, $120 million for a 36-year-old to stay in Phoenix. Uh, Kyle Lowry signed a three-year deal, approximately $90 million to go to the Miami Heat. It's another, I mean, that's what Skyler was saying. They're throwing around cash in this. Uh, Mo Harkless to the Kings. Boban stays with the Mavs. Dougie McBuckets to San Antonio for three years. Uh, there's that. Uh, Zach Collins, big man that was on Portland, did the exact same thing. He's going to San Antonio. The Lakers signed Trevor Ariza to veteran minimum. Gary Trent signed a decently big deal to return to the Toronto Raptors. Dwight Howard is going to the Lakers. Once again. <laughs> yeah, once again, for his third time with the squad. Uh, Evan Fournier, four years, $78 million for the Knicks. That's uh, a good deal for them, as well as Evan Fournier. Uh, DeRo- or not DeRozan, uh, Derek Rose, three-year deal. Uh, to re- return with the Knicks. Uh, Caruso signed with the Bulls on a four-year contract, $37 million. Uh, Daniel Tice went to the Rockets. Uh, let's see. Norman Powell agreed to a five-year $90 million deal to return to the, the Trailblazers. Blake Griffin had agreed to a deal with the Nets again. Uh Trey Young signed a massive extension to stay with the Hawks five years, $207 million for the Hawks point guard. Uh, Shai Gilgis-Alexander did the exact same thing and get in a payday, five years, $172 million for one of the up-and-coming stars in the league. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie signed with the Washington Wizards after that Westbrook trade that we'll talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. here in a second. Um so we keep on scrolling up. Rudy Gay uh, signed a deal with the Jazz. You like Jazz? Uh, Nemanja Bielitsa signed a deal <laughs> with the Golden State Warriors along with Otto Porter, which I like. I think that's a pretty good deal for the Warriors. Uh, for Those the are, you know, too. bench pieces that don't make mistakes. Exactly. Like uh, Andre Drummond to the Sixers. Uh, Robin Lopez to the Magic. Patty Mills to the Nets. I did not know that happened, actually. Uh, Steph Curry signed a fucking huge deal. Mm-hmm. But I don't care because Steph deserves every single penny that he's ever going to get. I believe he's the first NBA player to sign two different $200 million contracts. That would make sense. Maybe yeah. LeBron or something like that. But who, who knows? Uh, four years, $215 million, yeah. which I think is awesome for Steph. Uh, Malik Monk agreed to a deal with the Lakers. Uh, that's a pretty good piece for them. Same mm-hmm. thing with Carmelo Anthony. They got him. Uh, there is a, a trade that happened as well uh, with the Bulls uh, getting Spurs DeMar DeRozan. Uh, there's some picks going back and forth in that trade uh, as well as a couple role players, but nothing too big there besides DeMar DeRozan going to the, the Bulls, obviously. Uh I think we're nearing our end. Kendrick Nunn signed with the Lakers. I think that's another good deal for them. And then Markeith Morris uh, finalizing a deal with the Heat. And this is this is all coming off of Adrian Wojnarowski's Twitter. Yeah. Go follow him if you want any NBA news. Thank you, Woj. Uh, those guys are absolutely amazing. So credit to those guys uh, for all of our sources. All right. Uh, well, I got one more trade for you guys. That's the Westbrook sure. trade. Westbrook's going to the Lakers. For Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and Montrez Harrell, along with a first-round pick that they flipped draft night and two future seconds, like 24 and 2028. So, yeah, yeah I – go ahead. 
Go ahead. No, a lot of stuff was was going on this week. Uh, baseball, <laughs> basketball. We had a whole bunch of deals to say. My, I have a sore throat now from talking so much, but I don't mind. Wow. Yeah, uh, Westbrook is is interesting. I don't really like that they gutted the entire bench for him, mm-hmm. but I understand why. You know, we had this argument last night that LeBron's probably not retiring yet, but this does seem kind of like a last dance in Los Angeles with this move. Maybe. Uh, I mean, if I was a Laker fan, I would have been pissed originally with like the, the emptying of the bench. But mm-hmm. if you look at all the dudes that they got, I mean, yeah, they're old dudes who are washed up for the most part. But, I mean, they got a decent bench now. They got a whole bunch of guys that used to be stars. Uh, so there's that for them. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, if that the Lakers have done this the last few years. They get a lot of veteran pieces uh, of guys that are washed, and they hope LeBron makes them better. Yeah. All right. Do you have the uh, details on the DeRozan trade? I do not, but I, I, mean, I have I, Okay. I mean, right you can here. say Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Not really important. It's Thaddeus Young and Al Farouk Amino and some future picks that we don't even know, but they're supposed to be first rounders, uh, which I think is pretty big. If the Spurs are going to blow it up, having those picks in Chicago would be interesting. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now on to our bets and let's get on out of here. Right. Uh, it's been a fun episode for sure. Uh, so my layup last week was that Javi Baez is not going to get traded. Uh, that kind of happened out of the blue because we heard like uh, not too much about Javi uh, going into the day of the trade deadline. And then checked my phone and he's a Met. So that happened. Metropolitan. Uh, the the Brewers being the Pittsburgh Pirates on Thursday. We might they won 12 to nothing. Goal. We can't pick <laughs> against or we can't make some pick against the Pirates or some shit like that because that, it seems like they lose every single damn game. But now let's go into this week where I am choosing the Rockies to win a series over the Cubs. Rockies have been 10 games over 500 this whole season at home, and they're at home against the Cubs. Cubs have been terrible on the road, so I'm choosing the Rocks. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with a single Thursday game. Those seem to work for me. I'm going with the Chicago White Sox over the Kansas City Royals. We got Keuchel on the mound for Chicago at home. Uh, the offense has been tearing it up. They're going against Daniel Lynch, who has not been tearing it up. Taking Chicago. The shy Sox. The South side. Now let's go to our bold predictions and let's get on out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my bold prediction was that Chris Bryant and Craig Kimball were going to be packaged in the same deal. Once almost happened. The deadline. Uh, almost did happen, but it did not. Kimball went to the White Sox. Bryant obviously went to the Giants. So I get a red on that one. And Skyler said no medal for USA basketball. I think U.S. clinched bronze or something like that. I know they did win a game. Uh, um, but I think they're in the semifinals or like the quarterfinals or something like that. So. Yeah, but either ways, I'm, I'm happy. You know, my country got to win in a sport that we should be good at. You yeah, know? Well, you uh, are good at. <laughs> uh, but we'll see if we take home gold. Uh, because I feel like the only kind of team that's in our past is going to be uh, Slovenia with Luka. Yeah. It'll be fun when that ha- game happens. All right. Bold prediction this week. I have an interesting one. Uh, there's a game on Thursday between the Minnesota Twins and the Houston Astros, and these teams score a lot of runs. Griffin Jacks is starting for the Twins in this game in Houston. Uh, he is a 70 array. Framber Valdez is starting for... Astros, but he has had a rough month of July. So I'm picking, I, we don't have an established over yet as far as the bet goes, but I'm going way over what the over would be <laughs> and taking over 16 runs combined in that Thursday game between those two teams. All right. That should be a very unwatchable game. <laughs> All right. Well, my prediction, I'm going with some football. We have the hall of fame game on Thursday. Finally, um, I'm going with Josh Dobbs. Pittsburgh quarterback to score two touchdowns right now in the depth chart. He's number four for some reason behind Haskins, but we all know how the hall of fame goes hall of fame game goes, uh, you know, starter will play a driver two. the backups surprisingly will come out after a driver two. And then after that, it's uh, up to luck. And I think Josh Dobbs will play a majority of that game. at quarterback, I'm scoring two touchdowns. 
There we go. I mean, it's good to have football back, but I didn't think we'd have a Hall of Fame game bowl prediction. Mm-hmm. But I guess we do. We get it all in the yeah. Going the Distance podcast presented to you by Immaculate Sports. This has been episode 47. Maybe we talked about everything in this. We did. I mean, I wish we could have had a little bit more football, uh, but that's how it is sometimes in July slash August. But, uh, I mean, my favorite number 47 is Tom Glavin. Skeller, you got some things to, to lead us out with. AK-47, man. Next week, we'll be back with some more training camp news for sure. Yeah, and Skeller, do you happen to know what our Twitter is? Twitter, I think it's Max Sports. That is what it is. Uh, our Instagram is also Max Sports. Our YouTube and TikTok is Max Sports. That's Immaculate Sports. So go check it out. Give them a follow. Uh... Tell us how much you love us. Yeah. Because we need to be loved. But it all is. right. That's episode 47. It's been a fun one. We will see you next week. Go Jets. Stooses. <laughs>